Friday Report with Pastor Austin Kreitz, February 9th, 2024. Well, I have a special guest today. It's Attorney Mike Ballar, and he's running for Allegan County Prosecutor. And it says here that he is fighting for the rule of law. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm good, Austin. How are you? Good. I want to I ask you a little bit about what's your background, where are you from, how long have you been practicing law, that type of thing, a little introduction. Well, I grew up in Detroit, uh, which is where I was uh, born and raised, and then I ended up going to school in Tennessee for undergrad, and then I ended up going to Michigan Law School. Uh, in 1991, I was a law clerk for Judge Corsilia here in Allegan County, uh, in the Allegan Circuit Court. I did that for a year, and then I went to the Michigan Court of Appeals as a law clerk for one year. And after that, I started my own practice, and I have been doing that ever since. So I've been in private practice for about, oh, I guess that makes 32 years. Uh, all of that I'm, here in Allegan? Yes, all of that here in Allegan. I started off with the Allegan Law Offices, and now it's uh, I'm working with Valar Law Offices. And I do work in all of the surrounding counties. So I do work in uh, Holland, which is Ottawa County. I do Van Buren County, Kent County. Uh, Barry County, uh, and the various surrounding communities. Okay, well, it says here fighting for the rule of law, and that a lot of people do not understand what the rule of law is. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of what that is? Well, fighting for the rule of law means that you want, the, the in my opinion, the law to be administered fairly and justly. You want people that have committed crimes to be charged with the crimes they're committed, not that they've committed, not something beyond what they've committed so that when you make a plea bargain, they actually are pleading guilty to what they actually committed. In other words, if you are a prosecutor, you can, um, when you do your charging of crimes, you can overcharge someone as opposed to charging them with what they've actually done. And that's what's happened here in Allegan for the last six years under um, my opponent. She has overcharged people and it's basically clogged up the courts and now we've created, and this may be a little beyond your question, but we've created a new judgeship. Uh, Allegan County ha is going to have a third circuit court judge uh, that's going to be voted on no in November, and the third circuit court judge will be taking uh, their position in January, which requires a brand new county, uh, an addition to the county building at a cost of $8 million. Is that what all that construction is? That is exactly what that construction is. And in, in 2020, I ran, this is my... Third time actually running against Myron Cook. Last time in 2020, I lost by 17 votes out of 18,000. But in 2020, I wrote an article in the Holland Sentinel that predicted that because Myron Cook was overcharging cases and not resolving them, the purpose was to clog up the court docket so that Allegan would get a third circuit court position, which I believe that Myron Cook would want that position. That my opponent would actually create that position so she could have a position to move into. And I indicated that it would cost the county, I thought, $10 million back then, and it may yet cost $10 million to do the renovation of the courthouse to add a third circuit court. But that's now what happened. I, I predicted this in 2020, and I have an article in the other room, if you'd like to read it afterwards, uh, that predicts pretty much everything that's happened. Wow. So when you say overcharge, are you referring basically to what the charges are as far as like uh, a felony, a misdemeanor? Yes, and there's different levels of felonies. There's different levels of, of misdemeanors. So, so if, if a person commits uh, domestic violence, for example, that is a misdemeanor. However, if the victim says, oh, they touched my neck, 
then it becomes a, uh, assault with strangula- by strangulation, and it's a 10-year felony. And no matter how light the touching would have been, or if, even if there were or was a touching, uh, you charge a person with a 10-year felony, and then ultimately, after taking the court, case to court for a year and a half, you, you, do, you drop it to a domestic violence. So this keeps the, uh, the ball rolling in the court system, for one. Keeps many more open cases. That don't resolve because, in fact, there are over 500 less cases per year now than there were 12 years ago. So there's actually less cases in circuit court, which somehow resulted in uh, Allegan getting a new circuit court position, which is pretty astounding, actually. Who does the actual charging? Does the police do the charging or the prosecutor? The way it works is the police will go and visit a scene, a crime scene. Uh, talk to people, then they will submit a warrant request. And the warrant request can, uh, then a prosecutor will approve that or disapprove of that. Uh, And also they can adjust the charges. So the the prosecuting attorney is the one who ultimately determines what charge should be made. So they submit a paper that basically says, this is the scenario, this is what we suggest. Then it's up to the uh, county prosecutor to decide whether to prosecute or to increase the uh, charges. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. And it's not just the elected prosecutor. There are assistant prosecutors that are sometimes on that detail. So they would be the ones to decide. So if you get in, do you get your choice of who's going to be assistant? Uh, yes. I mean, it's uh, the people that, that serve as assistant prosecuting attorneys serve at the, at, the, at the pleasure of the prosecutor, the elected county prosecutor. I don't think that I would be making that many changes, uh, at least at the start. Uh, I think that many of the prosecutors that we have are, are doing a decent job. The problem that we have there is that in the last six years since my opponent took over, uh, originally there were eight assistant prosecutors in her office. And since that time in the last six years, 17 prosecutors have quit. And in the 25 years prior to that, that I've been working in Allegan County, maybe four or five prosecutors have quit. Now, somebody asked me the other day, what's the relevance of that? The relevance of that is if Allegan used to have career prosecutors, we would have prosecutors that have been there for for years and years and years. They get to know the court system. They get to know the police. They get to know the defense attorneys. They get to know everything about, they have institutional knowledge that's very valuable. So when you lose 17 attorneys in a period of six years, you've lost a vast amount of institutional knowledge. And that, and so what result that results in is right now, the Allegan County Prosecutor's Office is only winning less than 20% of their district court trials. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're overcharging. People come in, they go through the booking, the whole nine yards, they're accused the whole bit. Then they come in, they go through a, a, a trial, and only one in five actually gets prosecuted? Well, one in, one in five actually gets convicted. So four out of five in district court, in trials, four out of five alleged criminals are being found not guilty. What's, what's the major crime here in Allegan? Oh, I, I mean, I, that's, a, that's a really hard one to say. There's, there's a lot of domestic violence charges, um, which is, is pretty endemic in our society, you know, and unfortunately. Um, but it's hard to say because there's, there's drug charges that are, that are common and there's domestic violence charges that are common. I, I think those two categories of crimes are generally 
the largest categories. Wow. Now I want to go back to something because you said you lost by 17 votes. Yes. And I hear a lot of people saying, well, why should I vote? You want to expound on that just a little bit? Well, and I'm not saying that from the sense of, you know, you lost and all that. But I think this is very important because particularly in the younger generations, what we're getting is people saying, I shouldn't vote. It doesn't really matter. What's my vote going to count? Uh, you know, all the other malarkey that's going on right now. What would you say to somebody like that? Well, I would say that the day after the election last the last time in 2020, I certainly wished that I had gotten 18 more people to the polls. And that's just a handful of people. So it, it's, it sounds trite, but every vote does count. Every vote does count. You can make a difference with what you do. And this year, uh, I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm going to keep pushing until the very end to try to get every person possible to vote and to vote uh, for me. Gotcha. Um, when we talk about like constitutional issues, let's say with um, let's say with weapons, gun control, that type of thing, um, what do you see as the major issue right now in the Second Amendment? Well, I think that there's been a big push to limit Second Amendment rights, uh, and I am um, a golden eagle with the the NRA. I'm a member of Gun Owners of America. I own guns. I'm a staunch believer in the, the Second Amendment and the Constitution generally. Uh, I do think that we have the right to keep and bear arms, and I think that any anything that infringes upon that tends toward being con unconstitutional. So I, I'd be a pro-gun uh, rights uh, prosecutor. What about um, freedom of speech? There's a lot going on right now in Lansing concerning hate speech. How would you define the situation with um, our freedom of speech? Well, the, it goes back to a lot of uh, constitutional law. And for me, uh, freedom of speech is, is one of the most integral freedoms that we have. The right to say things that other people don't like is protected by the Constitution, no matter how much we don't like it or how, uh, what kind of speech it is. And in many ways, when you try to hamper or hinder freedom of speech and say this speech is illegal, instead of somebody who's willingly saying uh, or spotting things that are detestable even, they take that underground. So even when you outlaw hate speech, that doesn't outlaw hate feelings. And so what happens is it pushes it underground and makes it harder to detect and harder to find. And so I, I, I'm on the, the spectrum of saying if somebody is doing something that incites violence or incites uh, hatred, then if there are laws against that, I will prosecute them. But I do think that when we, when we make speech illegal, we push the people that are doing the bad speech underground, and it becomes harder to detect. So what made you run for office? The thing that made me run for office is that I believe that uh, Allegan County is being done a disservice. I think that when uh, Judge Baker appointed Myrene Cook uh, for the first time without any forming a committee to search, she just made her friend the prosecutor. I think that was a bad, uh, that was bad, that was bad policy. And then since that time, I've watched as the prosecutor's office has deteriorated to the point that 17 people have left. The, the first people that were there when Myrene took over, when my opponent took over, they were my friends, and I've known them. I've known them because they've been there for years, and I've dealt with them day in and day out for years, and uh, they've all quit. And now they've had a second group of people replace them, and most of them have quit. And then the district court trials, they're winning 25% when normally you should win 95% of your trials. Wow. And circuit court, which are the felonies, 
they're, they're winning, I believe, less than 50% of their trials. So how do you discern if you should prosecute or not? A lot of it depends on the facts and the circumstances of each case. So when you get a warrant request, you look at what the warrant is requesting. Usually the police will, uh, they will list the elements of the crime and how they feel that the elements of the crime were met. Then you look at that and you say, okay, is this, have the elements of the crime been met? And if, it's, if they have, you authorize the warrant for that charge. Uh, so, that, so it depends on the facts and circumstances. A lot of times, uh, especially uh, with domestic violence cases, there are other circumstances that you have to be aware of, whether the parties are going through a, a divorce case with custody, because that can affect how people do that. And sometimes people, unfortunately, will use a domestic violence charge to get an advantage in a uh, custody case. So if things don't match up the way y you think they should for a um, prosecution, would you drop the charges? How does that work? Well, typically, I mean, that again, that's calling, that would be speculating on, in each individual case. But if there's evidence that a person has, uh, has falsified what their testimony, or if there's evidence that, uh, sometimes there's video evidence that you find later that, that contradicts what the first person said. So you have to be open to it. You have to be open to what's going on. Of course, with domestic violence, if it's their first offense, a person can go on to a diversion program. And if they successfully complete anger management and other things, they, they, don't, get a, they don't get a record, a permanent record. Uh, so you look at things like that. And then you look, there's other charges called disturbing the peace and things that you can make a plea bargain offer if your case is potentially weak. Gotcha. Now, um, if somebody wants to donate to your campaign or be a uh, volunteer for your campaign, how do they get in touch with you and um, what's the procedure for that? They can go to votevillar.com, V-O-T-E-V-I-L-L-A-R.com, and they can uh, go from there. They can donate right from the website. They can contact me on my Facebook page, uh, Mike Villar for Prosecutor. So they can contact me either way, either those ways, and then they can also phone, give me a phone call at two six nine six seven three three two nine two. We have sign up sheets for various things. We have uh, we need we need finances. Whenever you run, you need finances. You need people to put up signs, people to write uh, letters, uh, editorials, um, and there's all and there's always things to do in a in a campaign. So l let me ask you this question now. So you're you're running. You're looking for people to help you out. Um, are you in the primary at this point or are you the sole person running? Right now, I have uh, put in my paperwork to run for prosecutor. At this, the last time I checked, no one else had done that. Now, my opponent has announced that she's going to be running uh, for prosecutor. But uh, there, as, as far as I know, there has been no other person who's officially thrown their hat in the ring. And uh, in this season, this year, uh, both my opponent and I are in the Republican primary. So the, the date that matters is August, the August primary. Cause, That's right. Because if, if you win the August primary, you, last time I ran, there was not even a Democratic challenger. Wow. Do you anticipate one being on the ballot this year? I have not heard that there was going to be one. And, and Allegan is a supermajority Republican county. So uh, it's, it would be difficult for a, 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 an announced Democrat to win in Allegan County. Any last thoughts as we're wrapping up? Um, I just uh, think that I, I predicted that uh, our county was going to spend eight to ten million dollars for no good reason, and uh, Myrene's budget has gone from one point two million to two point one million in the last six years. Uh, 
her her campaign manager is Jim Story, and so Mr. Story has the action team of five uh, commissioners. She so Mr. Story, Jim Story read the article that I wrote in 2020, saying this is my prediction. This is what's going to happen, uh, and so there's really. I think he has to take responsibility. I think that uh, instead of being conservatives, they're spending money left and right to try to build a uh, fiefdom, our little kingdom. And I don't think that's that's a good thing for our our community and our county. The last thing I would say is that um, when Judge Cronin retired about six years ago, um, well, no, I don't think it was six years ago. Well, yeah, it was. I, I can't remember when Judge Cronin retired, but Myron Cook put in, applied to be appointed to judge, uh, and she did not get that. That was when Rob, Rob Kingus became judge. Uh, when Rob Kingus unexpectedly retired last year, uh, Myron Cook put in for that as well. So she thought that a Democratic governor might appoint her as the next judge. But what it tells me is that she doesn't really want to be a prosecutor. She's wanting to be a judge, and she's using the prosecutor's spot as a, a as a jump up a board, a leap. I can't even remember the word now. But she's using it as a, a, a platform to become the next judge. So I think that if you vote for, I want to be the prosecutor. She wants to be a judge. Gotcha. Now, one more time, what is the uh, website where people can go to? It's votevillar.com. Well, thank you, Mike, for the opportunity to interview you. Uh, If you like this podcast and would like to hear some of the other podcasts we've done and videos and lectures, go to atk4mi.org. That's atk4mi.org. And on there, you'll be able to hear a number of uh, podcasts invitation to go to our YouTube channel where there's hundreds of videos and the opportunity also to donate. Uh, No donation is too small and no donation is too large. So go to ATK4MI.org. This is Austin T. Kreitz. Thanks for listening.